This is episode 64 of the Gamer Sushi Show. In this week's episode, we talk about the Dead Space franchise, including the story, the gameplay, and where we think the series will go in the future. This is episode 64 of the Gamer Sushi Show. I'm Mitch. And I am Anthony. And that's it. Just the two of us. So That's right. Can, Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Right. <laughs> How many people do you think have tuned out by now? Like all of them? Uh, I think they're all gone. <laughs> Actually, the purple Sharpie yeah, probably it's... sticking around. but She's probably hanging around. And, and me. I'll be listening to this again. Oh yeah, I'll listen to it as well. Because there's it, now that those other jerks aren't here, there's nothing we're good at if not hubris. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this was gonna go great. Yep. So what we're gonna do on this episode of the Gamer Sushi Show is we're gonna talk all about Dead Space. Uh, kind of going starting with the third game, so we're gonna be talking full spoilers for the entire series. So if you haven't played it yet, uh, probably shouldn't listen to this cast until you do. And then we'll sort of reflect on the series as a whole, the overall narrative, the gameplay, and we'll probably wrap it up with where we think the series is going to go in the future. So, Dead Space 3, Anthony and I, Anthony and I have both beaten it, uh, Anthony solo and me co-op. So, so, Anthony, how did you think Dead Space 3 went from a solo perspective? From a solo perspective, I have to say, I really enjoyed it, especially the first half of the game. Uh, for those of you that may not have played it, um, the first half of the game, you're basically in a like abandoned flotilla of ships that is orbiting the the ice planet that you've seen in all the previews and you basically take a was like a skip or something and yeah, like travel from ship to ship yeah like a little tugboat or like a ferry and you travel from ship to ship um trying to get parts for your own ship so you can land on the planet and stuff like that but it's really cool to just travel from different spaceship to different spaceship and you know they're all abandoned they all kind of look and feel slightly different in structure and that's just really cool and atmospheric and I didn't even know that was going to be in the game because they've only shown the ice planet and I wish that the whole game had been like that because when I got to the ice planet things took a turn downward and then it started to pick up again but then it took another turn downward, and the first half of the game is easily the best. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by how strong the first half of the game was, because it starts out pretty weak with that like generic third-person shooter opening where you're dealing with those unitologist troops or whatever. Yeah, the ones who are like try- suicide bombing you. Yeah, the ones who are... <laughs> yeah, exactly, the space Taliban. That was the first eye roll that I had. It was not long into the game that I was like, oh god. Yeah, and then you, <laughs> then you meet the main bad guy, and he's got the little ponytail, and he's basically a huge douche. He's a James Bond villain. Yeah, and he's much. just so out of place. And yeah, I, like, I felt like... It's they... a shame, because he's voice acted really well. Yeah, he is. But he's just given crap to say and act. Yeah, I felt like they tried to like put a human face on the Unitologist Church, which I don't think it really needed. It worked better as sort of like a creepy, faceless cult. Yeah, because there was... Because um... when you actually start breaking down the religion, it's not really something that a rational person would get behind. No, no. I, what is it? Basically, like, they think the markers are holy, so the necromorphs are just like the next form of human evolution. Yeah. And that that is the life after death. But that doesn't look like the kind of pleasurable life you want to have, being a twisted zombie with like teeth and claws 
Yeah, it's, so it, it doesn't make sense. The Unitology was strongest in the second game when you would like go through the the churches on the sprawl, and you kind of like it's sort of vague. I didn't really know what. Maybe I wasn't paying attention to the story that much, but I kind of didn't know what Unitology was all about, and I was okay with that. Yeah, it gives and you the like, more I learned, you like less Justin, I like. It gives you like just enough. It's kind of like um, I think what is it, the mystery box that J.J. Abrams always talks about. Yes. Yeah, it leaves just enough there for you to like fill in the blanks. It doesn't like spell everything out for you, because like once you spell it, once you get everything spelled out for you about the church, you, it just kind of loses all of its threat or all of its mystique, and then it just becomes like this really goofy sort of like you say James Bond villain type of organization. Yeah, and oh god, then the villain—I don't even know his stupid name, but <laughs> like he was just ridiculous. Like and like seriously, I mean he was a James Bond villain because every time he had you, he was like. And now, Mr. Bond, you will die in four to five seconds when I decide to do something. Oh, no, you've knocked the gun out of my hand. <laughs> Perhaps I will tell you my master plan, Isaac. Oh, shit, you have escaped. Well, I did not see that coming. <laughs> Even though it has happened three separate times. I know. I was just like, just fucking kill him already. <laughs> I was sitting here like, kill him. Will you please kill him? I know. He's got Isaac at gunpoint like four separate times during the game. And like each of the times he's just like, well, here's how I'm going to be the guy who finally completes the Unitologist Church's mission. And then Isaac just like escapes. That would have been great if he killed Isaac and then you finished the game as a necromorph. <laughs> <laughs> and you like retain your humanity. Yeah, you retain just enough to, like, save Ellie, kill the bad guy, and then, like, you know, she does something to destroy the marker and all the necromorphs die, including you. That would have made her that way more been... useful than she actually turned out to be in the third game. Oh, God, I didn't even recognize her. I know. Oh, man, them titties were thugging. It's basically, <laughs> it's basically yeah, how you can describe why, Ellie. Why on the ice planet do you have to, like, wear a tank top that shows enough cleavage? I know, like, like even on the spaceship. Like, isn't space cold? Like, why are you wearing, like, half a shirt? Well, we do know space is cold because Anakin told us that when he was on the Queen ship on the way to um, uh, Coruscant. Oh, God. I know. I've been doing this all day. <laughs> so, anyway, so anyways, we kind of went off on a little bit of a tangent there about the villain in Dead Space 3, but that's fine. Um, oh, okay. So the co-op. How, tell me how you liked it, and then I'll tell you like what it was like playing alone. Okay, so the co-op was actually really interesting. The best part about the co-op is the person playing John Carver, which wasn't me. Uh, got to experience all these separate hallucinations from the person playing Isaac Clark. So you get access to these missions, which you can only see during co-op, where you get a little backstory about John Carver, and it kind of adds a little bit more to his character. I mean, he's still pretty much a one-dimensional asshole throughout the entire game, but you mm -hmm. get to see a little bit more about him. And it's really neat how one person will be fighting enemies that the other person can't see or can't interact with. So it really relies a lot on communication and teamwork to make it through those parts. Uh, it's kind of a neat twist on the standard like co-op mechanics in the game, which is basically just you and another guy standing back-to-back -back and using your ridiculous weapons to mow down hordes of necromorphs. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah. The co-op was actually the co-op was actually really well done, even though like in the space in the space section, some of the corridors were a little too tight for two people. I definitely ran mm -hmm. into that problem a lot. What's funny is in the solo campaign, I thought it was going to be very like shoehorned in, where like Carver would just like show up randomly, but he sticks with the group that you're separated from. So he that that only happens every now and then, where like he'll appear. Usually, mostly this most of this. The problem is at the end of the game where he'll just appear out of nowhere and you're like, wait a minute, how'd you get here? Um, for the most part, he hangs out with Ellie and the rest of the group. So, And he doesn't 
the I remember the E three preview where he was like saying like these motherfuckers and you know like crazy like cursing and at people like Gears of War. He doesn't do that in solo um, because you don't have to fight with him like except for like once or twice. Um, so he was a lot less obnoxious than I thought he was going to be. Yeah, they kind of tone oh. that down for co-op too. Uh, he doesn't. Oh, that's good. Yeah, he doesn't really say anything during combat that would remind you of like combat dialogue from Gears of War. He mostly just says what Isaac says, which is like the occasional that's... like shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and speaking of uh, people screaming curse words, I always thought this is a slight tangent. I thought it was really weird that the unitologists, the zealots, these are like the true believers, are screaming at me, "Stop moving, you fucker!" While I'm, I was like, "Is that really what you're trying to say to the this like heretic who's going to destroy your religion?" You know, shouldn't it be something like you know, like you know, stop in the name of you know unitology or you know something religious. Like Alua Altman or something. Yeah, something with a little more flavor to it, as opposed to just like yeah, as opposed to just like random thug. dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. But um, playing solo, uh, I got to tell you, especially the first half of the game, it was still kind of scary. Uh, it wasn't as scary as the first or even the second game, but there were moments that I jumped. There was I forget one, but there was one in particular where. I literally, I think I even tweeted about it. I was like, okay, you got me. I literally almost crapped my pants on that one. <laughs> like, they, they were just, you know, being alone and in the, the, the isolation of the, the spaceships. That was what made the first game so great, is you're just, you're completely alone on this giant spaceship. And it's scary. And um, I thought that that was going to go completely away, but they did just enough that it's still not really a horror game, but there was a lot of... Um, Tension and um, and creepiness uh, to Dead Space Three that I didn't expect. Yeah, the opening part in the like derelict flotilla definitely has a lot of the more classic Dead Space feel, which it loses pretty quickly once you get down to the ice planet. Because when necromorphs start like popping out of the snow and stuff at you, it's not really as scary when you're in these. They kind of force you down some like box canyons and tiny corridors to kind of give you the claustrophobic feel, but just something was missing when you get down to the ice planet and there's just like snow everywhere and then necromorphs like pop out of the ground and run at you from 20 feet away as opposed yeah, to just like and... being in a tiny corridor where they can come at you from any angle yeah that was the the scariest in, in the ships where you would turn around and there would be one that came out of event of event that you didn't see and you know in the snow like you said you can you know where they are at all times but on the spaceship you think you've got them all accounted for and then there's one who's behind you and he's walking really fast towards you. Yeah, they sped up the necromorphs a lot in this game. The necromorphs are way <laughs> that faster. Was, that was something that annoyed me. I remember there was like a preview or something where they said like, you know, yes, the uh the what did they say um, you know, the the weapons uh system has been changed and, you know, but you're going to need these weapons cuz the necromorphs are faster. Like they didn't have a choice. Like they're not the ones who made the necromorphs faster. You know, they're like you're going to need all these weapons cuz the necromorphs are a lot faster now. I'm like, "Well, you're the one that made them faster, so don't act like, well, we had to do this to help the player out, because we went to do it, to iterate on the game, and all of a sudden, no, the Necromorphs were a lot faster this time. Someone tweaked the variable, and we couldn't get it back, and just... We, we couldn't had get to, it back, we so we're like, we gotta it. give them weapons! Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they were they were a lot faster. I just felt like there wasn't... Maybe I'm just misremembering, but there just didn't seem enough variety in the Necromorphs. They, like, every Necromorph looked exactly the same to me. Yeah, you were definitely fighting a lot of that the stock kind of Necromorph, which is the guy with, like, the big elongated scythe arms. Like, all the other Necromorphs still made an appearance, like the raptor-type things and the scorpions, which are, like, my most hated enemy from Dead Space 2. I fucking hate those <laughs> scorpions. 
They were annoying. Yeah. I always hated the the creepy little babies with the tentacles that would shoot out of their back. Yeah, those are gone. Those are dogs now. Yeah, yeah. That's well, I guess because the nursery in the in Dead Space Two isn't there. Yeah, I guess I, I guess that kind of made sense. And the new uh, feeders or whatever they're called, the little zombie people. Oh yeah, yeah. Those were strange. Yeah, those were a little oh. weird. I felt like those were a replacement for like the adolescents from Dead Space Two. Those enemies, the kind of like ones that would swarm you in a pack, sort of. Not quite the bigger necromorphs and not quite the babies. Yeah. Yeah. The juvies. Yeah. Yeah. There was there was a distinct lack of enemy variety, which even when you're, even when you're fighting like unitologist troops, it's just still kind of just like ho hum, because there's nothing but, there's nothing really like new to challenge you, and the enemies aren't introduced with the same sort of like affair that they were in the old game, because there's no really new type of enemy. Yeah, that was the thing too. Is I I always felt like. Like I got to know the enemies better in the old games, and here it's just like, oh, there's, here's just some enemies. Just kill them. Move on. Yeah. It's just like, you've seen all these guys before. You know what they're going to do. It's like, oh, there's a guy peeking around a corner. He's a raptor. Like, do what you got to yeah. do. The thing that makes the combat good, though, is the pretty awesome weapon crafting system. And I had... It was one of those things where like you would think, I don't even need to do this because I've got the perfect weapons. And then you would screw around with it just a little bit just to see what happens. And then you'd be like, oh my god, I was so stupid. I should have been using this the entire game. Yeah, if you're not using this, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, type of thing. and you could keep doing that. Like, every time you mess with it, you're like, this is so much better. I, like, had, um... Uh, my two weapons were a shotgun uh, which and a grenade launcher, which caused stasis. Um, and then my other weapon was a machine gun, or an assault rifle, with, um... Uh, the, the, the blade, the saw blade... And they call it acid damage. And there wasn't anything anybody could do to stop me. <laughs> yeah, you basically can't be touched at that point. Yeah, and that, that was just so much fun. Like, I still would like to go back, and I've kept the game. Um, I still want to go back and maybe play it on co-op and, you know, just mess with the weapon system even more. Yeah, it was funny. This was like the first Dead Space game where I didn't feel the need to carry the plasma cutter. Because in every yes. other Dead Space game, like Dead Space 2, that was my go-to weapon, like... It had a lot more weapon variety than Dead Space 1, but even in the second game, I never really used anything other than the plasma cutter because it was such a useful tool. But in this one, like, uh, what's it, what the hell is it called? <sighs> Where you chop off the limbs, what's their... Dismemberment, holy crap. Dismember, strategic dismemberment. Strategic dismemberment. Wow, I just yeah. brain farted there super hard. That's no, right. Uh, it wasn't really as important in this game because you got a lot of weapons that could do like area of effect damage. Like the shotgun was really good for just dismembering necromorphs like in one blast when they got close. Yeah, enough. you just aim it in the general direction of their legs and they're dead. Like it blows off all four limbs. Yeah, in the one only, shot. The only thing I really used the plasma cutter for were those necromorphs that would continually regenerate in the early sections of the game, the big white ones with the markings on them. Mm -hmm. That was just useful to like cut off their legs and just have them crawl around after you instead of like yeah while you're waiting for like the train or something like that yeah exactly instead of using your other guns that you could use on something else but you had universal ammo this time which ammo conservation didn't really matter yeah I, that was I, the other thing too in the previous Dead Space games I always like you I always use the plasma cutter um, but sometimes I would run low on ammo for that so I would have to use other weapons and I kind of like that's also part of survival horror is being low on ammo so it forced me to use other weapons but in this game uh, you, since it's universal ammo and you have plenty of it and you can make even more um, there was never an issue with that and I could just use whatever I wanted to which I mean I appreciated the freedom but it also kind of took out one of the the things that caused a lot of tension in the previous games that I liked yeah that's 
some of what helped Dead Space 2 retain its survival horror roots is the ammo conservation and the ability to use your environment to greater effects, because you could blow out win certain windows on the space station and cause explosive decompression. Yeah, well, I remember that. Yeah, or or um, picking up necromorph limbs and like brooms with telekinesis and launching them into other necromorphs played a lot bigger role. But in this one, yeah. like you say, you can just like make ammo. So at the end of the game, I was like, oh shit, I'm running low on ammo. Well, better make like a stack of 200. Yeah, I, I didn't make any ammo at all it. until the last like maybe hour of the game, and I made a ton of it, and I just filled out my inventory because I was like, well, no turning back now. Yeah, I had so many basic med, pa med packs, I just like broke them all down into transducer gels or whatever the basic material was from that. I yeah. Didn't even, I didn't even need to use them because I just kept getting medium med packs, which are fine enough, and if you put a attachment on your gun so you can heal your partner at the same time, you can conserve med packs pretty well. Yeah, and the uh, the thing, just to assuage any fears, uh, the microtransactions in this are stupid, but they're very benign because you don't need them at all. You They give you so many materials throughout this game that you would have to be the laziest person in the world to actually need to buy uh, any of the things they give you in the microtransactions. Yeah, even, um, even the bot speed doubler doesn't really make that... I mean, it's gross that it exists, but it doesn't really make that much of a difference because by the time you put down a bot and get to the next bench, ten minutes have passed anyways. Yes. So it's not it's not like you're waiting around unless you're like waiting around farming, which why are you doing that? This is a dead space game, not an MMO. I took a phone call and when I got back from the phone call, like my, my bot was ready and I was like, oh well I didn't mean to do that, but I'll <laughs> that worked out. Yeah, if it was like twenty minutes I could see that being inconvenient, but 10 minutes is not really a big deal. 10 minutes is nothing. Like you said, yeah. like it'll take you 15 to 20 minutes to get from one bench to the other if you're you know, playing through the story and not backtracking. Um, so, yeah, that was no issue at all. The microtransactions, um, once again, uh, EA erred on the, the side of caution and did not screw us over, so thanks, EA. Um, yes, EA, very, very much appreciated. So... Kind of moving away from like the gameplay stuff, I kind of want to talk yes. about how the series wrapped up, because there's kind of been a thing the last year or so, um, ever since Mass Effect 3, where the trilogy enders for these <laughs> big sci-fi things have kind of fallen flat on their face. Yeah, uh, we we like Mass Effect 3's ending, uh, but a lot of people didn't. Also, Assassin's Creed 3 had one of the worst endings I can ever remember, and I actually thought, as ridiculous as it was, Dead Space 3 kind of pulled it off. Yeah. Um... It was not, it was not great, but it was not bad. Like I wasn't sitting there like, well, that's. I mean, I guess they did it as best they could. The only thing I didn't like was the, the villain, and and I and I thought the final boss was like kind of ridiculous. Yeah, the final um, boss was totally ridiculous, but and the uh, the fact that you this is where the spoilers are going to come in. The fact that you think I guess that you're on the marker homeworld and it turns out that you're not, uh, sort of felt like felt a little cheap to learn that so late because you know I thought oh we're going to learn more about the origins of this thing and you know what you know just how all this came about and it was just sort of like kicking the ball down the field like we'll 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 address that in another game apparently yeah i kind of um, i kind of like the fact that they that they actually left the origins of the markers pretty ambiguous cuz that's true. Answers do lead to shit. Yeah, answers generally lead to disappointments. Uh, just like the unitologist thing, leaving it blank is actually more appealing than finding out everything. Mm -hmm. um, but the final chapter of the game, where you ba where you basically walk through the set of Prometheus, I thought was I thought was pretty <laughs> yeah. good. That's good. I didn't I didn't make that connection. Yeah. Yeah. The the entire last chapter these of the scientists game, I, touched everything. Yeah, I know. Just touch, 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 touch. The entire last section of the game, I just kept 
telling my buddy I'm waiting for like Dr. Shaw to show up with uh, <laughs> David's head. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, similar design cues between Prometheus and the end of Dead Space because you find this ancient alien civilization which... Ancient aliens. Yeah, ancient aliens uh, who found the, marker, the markers left by even more ancient aliens, so it's like ancient alien inception. <laughs> and they activated the markers, and the reason the ice planet ancient is frozen... hipsters. <laughs> we found the artifacts before it was cool. Yeah, exactly. Literally. We were necromorphs before it was cool. Yeah, and they they discovered a way to stop the markers from doing what they were supposed to, which is convergence, which is taking all the biomass of a planet and forming a moon, which is the final boss of Dead Space 3. So it's pretty ridiculous, but at the same time, at least you're not like the chosen one who was fated from birth to save us all from this ancient threat. Yeah, that's kind of something that keeps happening and is getting pretty pretty boring by this point. Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh, it was nice that, like, much like um, sort of Shepard from Mass Effect, Isaac is just happens to be the guy that stumbled upon this, you know, and the guy who has the will to get it done, um, which I like. I like that. It's just there's nothing special about him. He's just... He's the one that's going to get this job done. And that's, you know, in this day and age, that's much more than, like, you were the one chosen by prophecy, you know, like, all that lame stuff. Yeah, but, that's um, kind of what cheesed me off about Halo 4 story when the librarian is just like, oh, you were always meant to come here. It's like, oh, good, so... Yeah, that... Oh, nice that, nice honestly, to know that the events of the previous three games were basically supposed to happen, and the entire Human Covenant War was always gonna end with the humans winning. Yeah, that's... That was just... Oh God, let's not even talk about it. Halo um, spoilers. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, sorry about that, guys. Uh, oh well, you should know it by now. But um, yeah, the uh, Dead Space Three. I I liked it. It, it wrapped it up. It, it did complete the story that had been trying to tell, and um, it's just it's it. The story's really interesting because it's just weird how like the original marker, like um, like where is the original marker? The, the the red one or is the, yeah the red one right or is so, the black one the original marker was the black one the original marker found by humanity was the black one that they found in the Yucatan Peninsula yes yeah and then they tried to and apparently they think for some reason the marker is a source of limitless energy so they tried to harness it and that ended up to the ended up with them making the red marker which they used some sort of other mineral that gave it the red coloring mm-hmm. and apparently in the quest to get unlimited energy they kind of like swept the fact that it turns everyone into crazy monsters after they die under the rug but yeah so I, I think that's that's a really neat thing that like they didn't find it on some alien planet or whatever the original black marker that started this whole thing was found on earth so obviously it was put there um, and that's I don't think it's a, something they've answered from that I've been able to discern from the game so hopefully they will do that in the in the fourth game but there is some DLC coming out for Dead Space 3. Uh, I think it's called Awakened. And perhaps it has to do with... Uh, spoilers, at the end of the game it's implied that Isaac dies, saving uh, humanity. But then after the credits, the interminable credits, um, you hear Isaac saying, Ellie, like he's like, Ellie, Ellie. like He's like calling out to her or whatever. So p- perhaps, miraculously, Isaac survived. And maybe the, the new DLC will focus on him perhaps like waking up or something what what do you think the new DLC is going to be about it's kind of hard to say I think that 
it, what what is it called? Awakening. Awakened or awakening? awakening. Yeah, mm, something something along those lines. I think it might have more to do with perhaps after Isaac dies, he like communes with the marker in some fashion, mm-hmm. and we get to find yep. out and we get to find out more about the actual creators of the marker. That would be interesting. Or or something, or he becomes aware of something different because he died next to the marker, but. I don't know. It's kind of implied that Isaac Clark is like an exceptional exceptional individual because he's able to like resist the marker signal and build new markers. So perhaps it has something to do with that. Yeah. I um that's the thing. Like I I think overall the Dead Space trilogy is one of the best um trilogies of this generation. Um I after I uh play Bioshock. I plan on doing a thing where perhaps maybe a feature we can all get in on and vote or something. But I want to rank the franchises of this generation, and I think Dead Space is going to be—it's going to be up there. Um, and and it's definitely in the top five, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, I the second game definitely is what helps place it in that category. Yeah, because the first one, like I remember, I think I have a lot of decent memories about the first one. Like I can remember it really well, and uh, I just. I love like there's a there's a couple games that have done this like Bioshock is one of them Dishonored recently did this and and Dead Space all three of the games especially the first half of Dead Space 3 um just that that feeling of like immersion and like I am in this world like I am like in this spaceship like every, it's like oh the the rest of the world just sort of like drops away when I'm playing these games um and I just I feel really invested in the the world, and not necessarily because of the story, or whatever, but just the game design and the atmosphere, and it just really draws you in. And it's one of those things where it's like it's a single player game, or for me, in anyway, in Dead Space Three, uh, it's a single player game that I just I really like like playing and being in, and it's like it's just fun going on this journey from like one end of the spaceship or one end of the space station uh, to the other, and not a lot of games give you that anymore. And I, I just, I really, really love it. Like, I just have fond memories of the entire series. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a really well-made haunted house kind of. Yes, yes, and it's a haunted house I like to visit. And the, uh, it's just funny because like the, the first game was very much survival horror, and then the second game was like sort of action horror, and the third one was like more shooter with a little bit of horror and then like weapons crafting and like loot stuff or whatever. So each game has been sort of similar but in tone kind of radically different and it's it's been able to pull it off and not a lot of games uh, can do that so I think we should give it up to Visceral right? It's Visceral? Um, yeah, I, they did a fantastic job. I hope that uh, the series continues Yes, despite the news of Dead Space 4 getting canned by EA because of poor sales of Dead Space 3. Which, uh, it, that's still... EA has denied it, but there's still some people saying that you know they stand by their story, uh, whoever did that or whatever, so we don't know what happens, but if the sales of Dead Space 3 are worse, um, that is something that EA did, because they are the ones who uh, basically made the series go in the direction that it went which turned off the people who liked the first two games. Yeah. And I mean I mean they handled the transition to what Dead Space became pretty well. They didn't abandon the sort of the core concepts of Dead Space as wholly as some people thought they were going to. That yeah, you're right. 
they made you think that they did though but with the marketing yeah the stuff see, they showed at ea yeah this is still a dead space if you guys if you like dead space one and two this is still a game that you will love but ea they kind of they they made you think the wrong thing about this game yeah when they showed it at uh the e3 a year or so ago i tweeted that i thought dead space looked like gears of war now because that's what they positioned it as and i got a reply from one of the people working on Dead Space 3 who was like, no, 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 we know what we're doing, we're going to make a Dead Space. I went and looked at his feed, and he was basically just replying to people with like pretty much the exact same thing as me, saying like, no, no, this is going to be a Dead Space game, guys, come on. That's just like some marketing hype, you don't have to get all up in arms about it. And EA really kind of like shot the series in the foot. Yeah, and that, that bothers me, because when a series does bad, uh, when it's when a, when a game sells poorly, the, the, they they lay off the developers and everything. But whoever was behind the decision, whatever executive was like, we need to market the game like this, uh, that person should maybe take a pay cut or lose his job because it was his. That person, this is a great, this is a very good game, and uh, it still feels very much like Dead Space, especially the first half. Even the second half um, doesn't like. It's not a total tonal shift. Um, it doesn't even feel weird shooting humans as I thought it would. Um, it, no, that actually—I was actually surprised that, except for like the opening part, that actually kind of works because you do it so rarely. Yeah, I actually would have liked a little bit more because I built the my second weapon, the machine gun, specifically for that, and I didn't get to use it as much. Yeah, although it's still pretty good for taking out necromorphs. Oh yeah, no, I was like, well, I need to start using this because I took the time to build it. Let me try it on necromorphs. I'm like, ooh, this is fun too. Yeah, it's like, oh, I I don't need to cut off all their limbs. I can just shoot them randomly and they still die. Oh, that sounds good to me. Yeah, but yeah, it's this is still a Dead Space game. EA just marketed it very poorly. They they turned off the uh, um, the core group, and that's who you need. You need to you need your core, and then you need to ex- you know expand your audience. And in an attempt to expand the audience, they abandoned their core, and that was a it looks like it was a mistake because this is it's a pretty damn good game. Yeah, it's like you don't really want to cut off your nose to spite your face, right? Right. If only there was some line they could have straddled where they could appeal to Dead Space series veterans who know what they want from a Dead Space game and people coming into the series who maybe don't know what to expect or anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Sometimes like, I think that mar- marketing for these types of games should like split their campaigns between the informed readers, which is us, and basically the people watching TV who would see the commercial. It's like you put like the Gears of War type of commercial on the TV... And to everyone else, you go like, "Here's Dead Space, the classic Dead Space," and you market it like on like gaming sites and stuff. It's a they'd probably have to make a completely different campaign just so you could make. <laughs> yeah, it it's like not. It's like when uh, a politician says things that um, some people in his base would not like, but the people in the know are like, "Look, we know he's just saying this to appeal to the you know the mainstream of." the country he's not really like thinking it's it's the same thing as like wink wink i'm saying you know we're showing you this but come on you know the guys this is really dead space yeah we we know which side our bread is buttered on you can trust us yeah and um yeah i would like to see it's this weird thing like in hollywood like you know how like an actor uh appears in like an independent film like this maybe an actor you never heard of and then all of a sudden they're in all the blockbusters after that like jeremy renner he does the Hurt Locker, and all of a sudden he's in every big franchise ever. It's like Hollywood pulls people from independent movies that were successful to be, you're the new star of all of our blockbusters now. And video games do the same thing. Dead Space was just a survival horror game, which is kind of a niche genre. 
niche, niche, whatever you say it. And it, you know, it's it's a it's a genre that's not super popular anymore, but because it sold eh, pretty well and got some good you know critical acclaim, they were like, well, now we have to make it into a blockbuster. Would started with Dead Space two, and then they really tried it with Dead Space three. And why can't we just why can't they just work and make their budgets a little bit lower so we can have these niche genres and you know like we can have like a Dark Souls and we can have like a Dead Space and you know we can have all the different things that don't necessarily be need to be AAA titles. Yeah, so. it's kind of looping back to what you guys were talking about last week. It's like not if every game needs to sell like 6 million copies to guarantee that the studio stays open, like at some level there's something wrong with the industry. Right. If, it, if you can't have room for titles like say like a smaller Dead Space like a $30 Dead Space where maybe it doesn't sell great but it sells well enough to people who like the series and Visceral can keep making the type of Dead Space experiences people expect but instead they have to keep pushing and trying to make things tentpole titles which really like as good as Dead Space is probably can't be a tentpole title because it appeals to like a smaller market than a Madden or a Call of Duty right yeah and you know you've got stuff like Dark Souls where look if you make the game good enough and it appeals to a certain demographic they will find it and it, there are very few games that are great that do not sell well. There are some. Dead Space 3 might end up being one of them. But for the most part, there's no... In these days, there's not that, that sleeper game that, like, oh, that should have been really successful. Oh, Sleeping Dogs was another one. But, so never mind. I, I'm finding, I'm, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm finding constant examples to prove myself wrong. So forget I said all that. <laughs> Don't think about it. Just keep plowing ahead. That's what, yeah, that's, that's what I do. But um, I wanted to ask two things. Uh, one, what is your most memorable moment of the entire series? I think my most memorable moment of the entire series would be Dead Space 2 where you have to get into I can't remember exactly what you're doing but it's some control room and you can't get in because your rig doesn't have the correct authorization so you need to find the corpse of the guy who used to manage the solar array. That's what it was. You need to find the corpse of the guy who used to manage the solar array and drag his corpse using telekinesis over to the door so it will open for you. Oh yeah, I'd forgotten about that. That was good. I thought that was like, it's it's pretty macabre, but I thought it was a really clever solution to a puzzle because I kept trying to walk through and shoot stuff. There was something like that in I think that's in God of War or God of War Two actually, where you had to like kill a guy and like drag his body over to something and put him on a pedestal to sacrifice him, which is kind of the same thing. <laughs> yeah, there, there was also something in Skyrim where they needed a sacrifice, and I just used one of my followers to <laughs> initiate the sacrifice. I was just like, "Yeah, Lydia, come with me." Oh, you're sworn to carry my burden? Stab. Wow, no wonder you and Kenny from The Walking Dead got along so well. <laughs> well what's your most memorable Dead Space moment? My most memorable Dead Space moment is the return in Dead Space 2, the return to the Ishimura. Because Oh, that's a good one. Like that was the Ishimura for those who don't know is the game from is the ship from the first game and it's in dry dock, um, I think, uh in, in Dead Space Two attached to the space station you're on. So you have to go back and you know, Jack from Lost, we have to go back. And back to the so Ishimura. To, <laughs> back to the Ishimura. So you go back, and it's sort of like, um, it's the ship is like, there's no power in it anymore. But they've got like like maintenance lights, like you know you can tell workers have been in there like doing re- retrofitting and stuff like that and constructing it. There's like white sheets and tarps everywhere, and the entire time you're like, well, this is where it all started. There's gonna be some shit on this ship, and. As, best to my knowledge, I don't think anything happens the entire time you're on it, but you think something's going to happen. And it scared the living hell out of me. 
<laughs> I think like for a good 15, 20 minutes, you go through the ship and there's no enemies whatsoever. But eventually things do start attacking. Yeah, yeah. Then there, I think there was something at the end. I couldn't remember that. But um, yeah, but yeah. But for so, a for good like chunk 50, of time, you're just you, alone in the issue. Every aura. corner you turn, you think it's gonna, and it doesn't. And then you think, well, it's gonna be this corner. Well, it's gonna be this corner, and it doesn't. And God, it drove me effing nuts. Oh man, I know. I just remember being so paranoid by the time something actually happened. I actually felt relieved. When I was just like, oh thank Christ. Oh man, someone's here. Oh good. Something I could kill. Thank yeah. you. Oh, one there is, there is one part where they okay. kind of trip you up by making you hallucinate that there's a tentacle attacking you, as I recall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one thing, um, the Z- I want to talk real quick about the Zero-G stuff. The, in the first game, it was crap. Oh, in the yeah. second game, it was fantastic. So and much fun. In the third game, it's barely there, and it was so good in the second game that I feel like they should have used it more. Yeah, I, de- I think the third game would have benefited a bit more from being set on the flotilla for a longer part of the game as opposed to the majority of it on the ice planet. Yeah, there should have yeah. been a, a case where like a ship you're on is gonna blow up and you have to zero g your, your way to the next ship or something. Um, just something where the skip was useful, but there should have been a thing where you use the zero g to travel from ship to ship, maybe for just a brief period of time. Yeah. Because um, the zero g stuff in the second game was really really good. I hated it in the first game. Like I couldn't oh, wait the... to get away from each section, and in the second game I loved it. Yeah, the second game they changed just the right things to make it really fun. Um, okay, so just to... I think we're close to wrapping it up, so I want to ask you, where do you think the series goes from here? That's, that's really hard to say. I don't know if EA will position Dead Space for another like $60 release, and I don't know if they're going to bring it back as a downloadable title either. I think we just sort of see Dead Space get one more stab at probably a $60 title and then just fade away. Yeah, that's... um. That's, that's or, or everyone from Visceral, Visceral quits and Dead Space is picked up by a developer who will treat it properly. <laughs> or a publisher yeah. that will treat it properly. Yeah, it'll they'll sell it to um, somebody who... Uh, they'll sell it to Capcom, and Capcom will just turn it into a Resident Evil game. No, don't, don't do that. <laughs> um, yeah, or, Squ- I think... or Square Enix will get it and add belts to Isaac's suit. Oh, God, and zippers. Don't forget the zippers. <laughs> and zippers. Um, yeah, I think... Uh... Well, obviously, the next Dead Space game will be on the next-gen consoles. Um, so that really will be its sort of last year. It might be that, that, that series that was sort of popular this generation, but maybe with the jump to next-gen, it, it maybe can take the leap that it needs to to reach the, the mass-market popularity and uh, success that it needs to sustain itself. Um, but they will have to do something really, you know really special I think and either go full action all the way or take it back and go more horror uh, next time story wise what do you where do you think they go do you think Isaac is in the next game or do you think it's a new character I think it'll probably have to be a new character but the thing about that is we've sort of seen the effects of what a per, of what the marker does to the person over three games, so there's nowhere left to go. I think what would be interesting is if we do a prequel to the current, like instead of a, like going forward in time, if we jump backwards in time, maybe mm-hmm. like go back to maybe not like the first civilization that created the markers, but like the second civilization that found them, whether it's the one that's buried under the ice on Tau Volantis or like one even before that. Mm-hmm. So kind of kind of get away from humanity and all all sorts of things like that and just take it back to almost the beginning. I could I could that's actually a really good idea. I like that. The only idea I had was um 
you could have if you make it a sequel and it's set after this you would have maybe a person who has been turned into a necromorph and they are actually able to sort of cure him and turn him back through some reverse engineering of the the marker or whatever and then that person then is the person he's like immune to the marker's effects and stuff like that and so he's the person they send on like mission to stop the marker and everything like that and that's a way you could get past the hallucinations and, and stuff like that that would have to happen if you had a new person near a marker so yeah like like somehow humanity finally like cracks the marker and they manage to make it work for one guy or something like that yeah yeah that would be or maybe yeah maybe he's like in an isolated part of the you know galaxy or whatever and it's just oh this one group managed to cure this guy and you know then they send him off to do stuff or whatever I don't know I'm not really a video game writer. So. Well, that's good. Yeah. Do you have talent? <laughs> oh, sick burn. Snap. All right, so unless uh, unless you got any closing thoughts, I think that's our uh, Dead Space postmortem all wrapped up. <laughs> Dead Space postmortem. I like it. All dissected. Uh, <laughs> uh, nope, I think that's it. I had a great time playing the series and um i look forward to the next game whenever or wherever it may come uh yeah even if it's like a spiritual successor kind of from people who leave visceral and go to another publisher and make a similar type of game i yes. would play the crap out of that i would too i think free, they got some really talented people there free of the oppressive uh, yoke of ea yes <laughs> yeah. actually if you listen to the lyrics in the uh, outro song i'm going to put in it actually reminds me a lot of ea and how they treat their developers I oh, you know okay. I think you know what I'm talking about. Oh, I, I think I do. So, if you would like to uh, remember to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, I almost jumped straight to the Twitter. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, we are twitter.com slash gamersushi. I am twitter.com slash mi7ch. And I am twitter.com slash anthonytaylor underscore. Uh, Eddie is twitter.com slash Revis. Jeff is twitter.com slash unsquare. And Nick is twitter.com slash nickcomardo. Uh, look us up on Twitch, all that sort of... Find us on your favorite social media networks. Like Facebook. On Facebook. Uh, uh, we've been streaming uh, Final Fantasy VII, usually Sunday nights. Um, so if you like that, then come and check it out. Um, all we do now is complain about and try to play SimCity. Uh, so maybe there might be some streaming of SimCity at some point. I don't know if someone's gonna, if Eddie's going to do that. So we'll see. Hopefully, or we'll teach you how to use it. Yeah, that's that's fine too. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Thank you, guys.